to 2024. And welcome back to the regular exclusive podcast. We made nice. it. It's smooth sailing from here. 2024, there's nothing crazy going on. I mean, we just got to get through the election, but that should be, you know, not dramatic at all, I'm sure. Okay, I'm over <laughs> it already, and it hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> uh, well, this year is going to be fun, um, but we've been wanting to talk about something that has just kind of been all over the news in the last month in terms of movies. And it's just the weirdest thing. We got to talk about Scream 7 and just the the dumpster fire. Yeah, apocalypse <laughs> that is that movie. Because I can't, I, I mean, I don't know every movie production history, but I can't think of a movie that has collapsed as quickly as this movie. Like, I mean, it's like it, it does feel like record time that it's happened because everything just went from like, this sounds pretty great to this is complete shit. There's nothing. There's one yeah. person left. That's it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What the fuck happened? It's like a fucking just tornado flew through the production and just wiped everybody out in the matter of weeks. And it's like, I'm sure that other movies have had torrential productions and like they end up not even being made. But like. This feels kind of like just a record in terms of like what you said, time limit. It feels like very quick. Yeah, it's it's wild because you and I loved Scream 6. You know, mm -hmm. we talked about it uh, last year and we were really excited for Scream 7. We were really excited that Christopher Landon was going to be the director. Yeah. And one of my favorite parts of this whole kind of new trilogy is Melissa Barrera. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of all fell apart. So it started, I looked it up. So it was November 21st. That was when the news broke that Melissa Barrera was, was let go or fired or whatever it was because yeah. of her pro-Palestine tweets. Which they, Spyglass said were anti-Semitic because they were pro-Palestine. It's like, get over yourselves. Okay. Fuck off. Yeah, this is the same. This is the same uh, studio that also like wouldn't pay Nev Campbell to come back for Scream Six. I mean, honestly, somebody else just has to get <laughs> Scream rights from this company. It sounds like you're right. Yeah, but it's like so right before Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. Melissa Barrera got let go, and then I I feel like it was the next day. It was Jenna Ortega. They're like, oh, we have scheduling conflicts, you know, with Wednesday season two, and it's like. Okay, this seems way too coincidental, the timing for I thought for that this. too, and especially because, like, that was, like, the reason that they gave, and it felt like, okay, I feel like if they didn't know about that whole thing and they weren't involved, they didn't care about it, like, she wouldn't have announced it the next day. Yeah. I feel like that was, like, in solidarity with her, mm -hmm. but maybe I'm wrong, but I did read that it said that uh, sources were saying that her, like, Melissa Barrera was actually fired in October, so mm. they just didn't announce it to the public. Um, and that Jenna Ortega's exit, that was her and her representation's decision. Supposedly, they said it came before the SAG after strike, but was just not made public until last month. So mm. maybe it had already been something that they confirmed, but they decided to go public with it the day after Melissa Barrera. So like, it still feels like it's in some way affected. And then... Yeah, just recently then you get Christopher Landon who's like, I'm out too. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that sucks, man. In quick succession, you lose both stars director and you can't get the OG star back. You can get Courtney Cox, but we already had her back. Yeah. You know, and, 
Yeah, I mean, and also weird that all this, all these news broke like right before holidays. It was right before Thanksgiving, and then right before Christmas for Christopher Landon. Yeah, I was like, I have nothing to be thankful for this year. Let's move on. And now it's like, <laughs> what do what do you do? Like, you can't go back to Nev Campbell because Nev Campbell's gonna be like, uh, you guys are gonna have to pay me way more than you I heard originally they, turned me down. And... I heard they did though. I'm pretty sure they went. Like, I was hearing uh, this could be just a rumor, but I heard that they had gone back to her and that they still would not meet the salary that she had asked for. Not oh, even yeah. like the previous. I'm sure it was higher. So, oh yeah. Either way, it's like they clearly don't know what they're doing. They lost. They thought, oh, yeah, we'll just lose the lead character. No big deal. And then they lose everybody else. And all the fans are like, fuck this shit. So it's like, who's left? The twins? Like, that, that's the, that's the only people yeah, who are still kind twins. of in it. Yeah. And it's like, really, we want a new scream just on Randy's, like, you know, grandkids or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Or I guess not. Nieces. Yeah. Nieces yeah. and nephews. <laughs> um, I do think it's crazy, though, that this movie had such promise too. like. Scream 7 had everything going for it until all of this, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, even with the director change, it's like, okay, well, people like Christopher Landon and we all enjoy, I mean, hopefully, if yeah. you enjoy Scream, I would think you would enjoy Freaky and Happy Death Day. They're very yeah. similar in tone. So, like, it felt like it was going really great. Scream mm -hmm. 6 was, like, the highest, you know, fucking uh, grosser, I think, since the original mm -hmm. for like it's against its budget. So it's like they had everything going for them. And then they just shot themselves in the foot, tripped over and then shot themselves in the face. It feels like <laughs> that's really like the perfect explanation of I feel what happened. They just fumbled it on like the one yard line. Yeah. And, and like they haven't even started it. Like they don't have a script. No, and... there's only one guy left, and he's the one who's writing the script, it said. They said it's going to be, and he has to start over with a whole new fucking cast and, like, characters, because, so they have to reboot it again. Yeah. So it's, he's it's really double-fucked. It's a mess, like. <laughs> it's so bad. This poor guy. I will say, like, James Vanderbilt, he's great. He also, like, I think wrote Zodiac screenplay, which is, like, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. He's a great writer. He wrote the first two, co-wrote them. So, like, I trust this guy, but, like, what a shit job. This has got to be. He's got to bow out soon. Let some other creative team take a stab at it. I kind of feel like it's going to be a few years, though, before anyone gets around to Scream 7. Yeah. I Yeah, there's no way that it's coming out in the next, like, two years. Yeah. Because there's, there's nothing. Like, they're just, they got to figure it out completely new now. It's I mean... all about Gail Weathers. I mean, hey, what... honestly, <laughs> I might still watch it, but I would hate the fact that, like, this is what we get because everyone else quit. But I don't know. I Such feel like a, it's going to be a, a dead until it, they reboot it. Yeah. Maybe in five years. It's such a bummer because Scream 5, they did such a good job of introducing these new characters. Yep. And yeah, they now... nailed the reboot thing. And they're <laughs> one of the only few to actually do it and be like, okay, this works. I mean, Indiana Jones has tried twice <laughs> and it has not like fucking clicked. You know, people don't want it. They're over oh. it. They don't want anybody but him. These ones, they fucking did the impossible twice. Yeah. I mean, Scream 4 kind of was a reboot. And I loved all the characters in that. And same yeah. with this one. So, like, I mean, it's just this fucking I trust that Scream will survive because it's so like it's such a legacy of horror and just such an incredible franchise. I always say it's the best of yeah. horror. It's the most consistent. Yeah. I think it will be okay, but it just is such a fucking bummer because I was really pumped to see what happened to Sam next. Yeah. Uh, well, fingers crossed that they figure something out and whatever it is, is good. Because Yeah. 
they really screwed the pooch with this. Fuck you, Spyglass. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's take a quick break and then let's get into maybe the wildest way to start the year. Talk about Saltburn. You all right? Yeah, I've got a flat tire. Take my bike. Hey, that is so kind. Thank you. I'm sorry I don't know your name. I'm I'm Felix. Oliver. Oliver. Mm. Oliver, I love you. I love you. I love you. All right, cheers, Ollie. My parents, they've got problems. What kind of? What do you mean, problems? I don't think I'll ever go home again. Well, why don't you come home with me? Come to Saltburn. Mr. Quick. Wow. And here he is now. Oh, beautiful eyes. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah, I told you he wasn't a minger. Oh, but darling, you're kind about everyone. You can't be trusted. I had them hang up an old school dinner jacket. We dressed for dinner here. Dressed for dinner? Yeah, it's like, uh, it was like black tie. All right, let's talk about Saltburn. I mean, what a what a movie this is. And it is a roller coaster ride. It's an anxiety ride. It it puts your stomach to the test. There's so much that happens in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it's it's I didn't really know anything going into it. I'd say it's one of those movies that you go in blind and I feel like that's perfect. There's no really way to prepare you except to know that there's going to be a lot of weird shit, but it's not as weird as people are saying, I think. I mean, there's definitely some weird shit, but I would say. Overall, this feels more like a commercial movie with some weirdness. It's not like everything everywhere where it was just weird the whole time. Okay. I was about to say, this is a very weird movie. But okay, I I was thinking weird in a different kind of context. I don't know if I agree with you that I would say go into this blind. If If I recommended this movie to someone who had never heard of it, I would tell them... It's 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 got some it's got some very bizarre things that happen to it, mainly because I feel like if I recommended this to the wrong person, they might not talk to me again. (laughs) (laughs) They really just might not get it. I mean, honestly, all I think you have to know is that Barry Keoghan is the star. So like automatically, I think you should be in on that. And then if not, (laughs) you got a bunch of other people. The hotness of Jacob Elordi, which just radiates off the screen. He's never looked hotter and he always looks hot. It's crazy. But this movie's incredible. It's just it's weird. It's hard to describe. I just say, like, if you don't if you're willing to go into a movie with no expectations and not know what it's about, it's a pretty fun ride that way. Yeah. I mean, like if you a little content warning, sure. But maybe look up the rating before you watch it. (laughs) You know, weird, bizarre sexual activity. That if that's a trigger for you, maybe this isn't the movie. Yeah, if you like weird movies, then you then I think you would like this. But if you're if you're um if you're if you're kind of a normie, this 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 could be triggering. <laughs> I mean, if that's I, why if, they're all freaking out. If I told my parents to watch this, they would probably not talk to me for a month. <laughs> yeah, well, that's they're not they would not enjoy it. this is not the movie. I've thought I just meant like if you're recommending it to a friend, nobody's I'm not talking about recommending it to your family or like, you know, grandparents <laughs> or anything. Not the movie for them unless you got really fucking cool grandparents. <laughs> I was talking with a with a friend of mine and he's like, I watched this movie Saltburn. Like, it was so weird. Have you seen it? And I'm like, oh, this movie is right up my alley. Like, yeah. weird. This fits right into my portfolio of movies that I watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got it's got so weird, some weird stuff. But I would say, like, 
it does have like similar plots, like devices to other movies. So like, I feel like there's a similar kind of storyline going on. It kind of unfolds differently, but I would say like this whole thing of like the not cool guy wanting to be friends with the really cool guy. Mm -hmm. That's like a pretty common thing. I feel like most people, it feels more commercial in that way, but it is definitely like a art house commercial film is what I would describe it as. One thing I definitely didn't realize about this movie is that it was that it was going to be an Amazon original. Mm-hmm. MGM, like, I think, right? MGM like when Studios? I like when I saw that it was coming to Amazon, I was like, oh, that's weird that like, are they doing just straight to video? Like, I, I felt like just with the cast alone, I was like, this has got to have a theatrical release. But like it did. It. It's just an Amazon original. I'm like, oh, it didn't. I mean, it. It had maybe it had a very, very limited one because it only did like 11 million. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a very limited thing because, yeah, I think once it was uh, Amazon acquired MGM. So I'm assuming that's why. But I thought that maybe they released it in theaters for a little bit and then brought it there. But who knows these days? Things are streaming and they had just been in theaters. It's shocking. I don't know how it works anymore. Sometimes it takes some fucking years. So I don't know. <laughs> Well, it's like I heard people talking about how provocative and crazy it was. And I was like, oh, this must be at the festivals or whatever. So mm -hmm. like, and I just feel like I never actually saw it like playing around me. But no, um, but I bet it was probably like I've, I think I saw online that people were saying like it was hilarious going to this movie and like waiting for people to walk out. They're like an old man walked out <laughs> right after the bathtub scene. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you made it that far, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that bathtub scene, it, it'll take years off of you. If you know, you know. <laughs> but this right, well, is still a great movie. I don't want to, like, spoil it too much, but, like, let's get into it because it's just so much fun. Yeah, I, we both were big fans of it. I actually loved it even more the second time I watched it. <laughs> like, Me I, too. I, I really enjoyed it. So before we get into, into it, though, I wanted to... um wanted to run through a couple letterbox reviews that I saw that were really funny and just share yep. those with you. So uh, the first one, Jacob Elordi is so tall. Two stars. Sorry, one star. That Someone one gave star? it one star, and that was their review. Jacob Elordi is so tall. Wow, this person must be like Napoleon or some shit. They're super yeah. short, super jelly. That's a bummer. <laughs> well, on the opposite end of the of this kind of review um hashtag barry for spider-man four nice. and a half stars <laughs> wow how is that your review for a four and a half star movie <laughs> that is very weird uh then um it seems like that's the only way to get properties nowadays three and a Probably. half stars <laughs> i mean i think maybe they just didn't expect it to be so real but it's yeah. like it's it's an interesting movie because I feel like a lot of people are kind of missing what it's about, too. So I feel like this is just going over a lot of people's heads. So they're like, this movie's not about anything. It's just stupid. Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> I, 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 I think I agree with you on that. And we'll get into it. So this review, they didn't give a star rating. They just gave it a heart. Mm -hmm. um, but shout out to my friend who said, Jesus Christ, whenever Jacob Elordi was on screen. Yeah, he's gorgeous. <laughs> he's too gorgeous. It's like he was made in a lab, I swear. <laughs> uh if rosman pike from gone girl had a son four stars <laughs> what oh like the character i got yeah you. yeah i was like what are they talking about he didn't play her son never mind good review 
And then, uh, oh, this one, Jacob. Oh, Lordy. Two and a half stars. <laughs> Two and a half stars. Wow. I would have thought they would have gone five. Okay. Yeah. I've got the best review for this movie. Are you ready? Hit, hit, hit me. This is the best letterbox review. It's uh, from Zoe Rose Bryant, who's a great uh, film critic and reviewer. And she says, um, this is a movie about how Jacob Elordi is simply so fucking hot that his mere existence is enough to make someone legally insane. And I can't <laughs> agree with her anymore. That is 100% the case. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I have a question for you to really, I think, to kick off this this conversation. Okay. Hit me. Who, in your opinion, is the scariest or most intimidating character in this movie? Is it Oliver? Is it Duncan, the butler? Mm. Nah, or this is my pick. Um, the the nerd friend in the very like first scene who's like. He's like, I can oh, yeah, yeah. do I can do any math in my head. He's like, ask me to sum something. <laughs> do you know who the you don't you didn't watch uh, House of the Dragon, right? You haven't seen that? No. Okay. I didn't recognize him at first, so I'm gonna give credit to Nolan because he knew immediately. And he has like an eye patch on the show. So I was like, I could not recognize him. But like once he spoke, I totally heard it. But I think he plays like Aemon Targaryen, like one of the rat targets who actually is a badass and he has this long flowing blonde hair and an eye patch <laughs> and he just is like a great actor i really enjoy him on that show but i was totally thrown when nolan pointed that out and i was like holy shit that is him <laughs> i love that he like the nfi not fucking invited i just really <laughs> love i really love his whole thing and he's only in like a couple scenes but he's definitely like He's definitely creepy, I would say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like I would say, as, as creepy as I would say, my personal answer would still be Oliver, because I think you just don't get any creepier than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe a little bit, but, like, that's pretty pretty creepy. So, I don't know. Cre creep per minutes on screen. I think, uh, I think the friend wins. Because <laughs> Oliver's in a lot of the movie. Yeah, but, but the friend doesn't do one tenth of the disturbing things that Oliver does. And I will not say, <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna like Oliver looks great while he's doing them and he's hot yeah. still and I love him, but he's a <laughs> fucking nut. <laughs> All right. So d when you were going into this movie, like, did you think this was was this supposed to be like a drama or was it a comedy? Like, what was your kind of expectations for what this movie was supposed to be going in. Because I feel like a big problem with a lot of people's reaction to this is that they think that it's supposed to be something that it's not. Mm -hmm. I think, well, because so many people have been comparing it to like the talent of Mr. Ripley, which we talked like we yeah. we talked about that. That's why we both watched it before today, because we were like, I want to see how similar it is. And it definitely is for like the first part. But the movies could not be about two. They're about totally different things. You know, yeah, yeah. They, I think people were expecting it to be more like the talent of Mr. Ripley and like because Matt Damon would be like, you know, the Barry Keoghan character in mm -hmm. that one. But he's actually like poor and trying to pass his upper like, you know, as rich, basically yeah. and trying to get in with them. Similar to Oliver, but Oliver is pretending to be poor. He's yeah. not even poor. And I think that's why is that this movie people I think and I almost I pretty much did just from like the look of it and it being about a rich family letting in this like poor kid, I felt like it would be 
a comedy or satire against rich people, very similar mm. to like the trends lately that yeah. we talked about with the menu, Triangle of Sadness, all those yeah. things. Um, so I kind of thought that's where it was going, but it's really like a great like kind of satire of like the upper middle class, which yeah, you don't I, see all the time, and that's probably why it's going over people's heads. Yeah, I I mean like the I googled it and it says that it's a thriller comedy. I don't think this movie's a thriller. I think it to me I I went in expecting yeah like a kind of a satire black comedy um, dramedy. And I think that helped me in in how much this movie fluctuates and mm -hmm. kind of the weirdness, because like the first like part of the movie, I was like, this is fucking cute. Like this friendship is like blossoming. This meet cute, right? <laughs> yeah, like and then then it starts to get weird when he like watches the dude have sex with that girl <laughs> you're like okay something's something's not right i was like they're zooming in on the fucking window he's out there i bet you and then it's like he's lighting up that smoke and i was like i fucking knew it <laughs> i knew it he's out there learning what this guy likes so he can do it to him later <laughs> i mean i just say i don't blame him i do agree that review i think just sums up this movie that if you met jacob alordi in real life and he was nice to you you would do whatever it took to be <laughs> under his fucking wing right Mm hmm. So funny thing about Jacob Lordy, uh, I saw in the trivia that initially um, is, is it Emerald uh, Emerald uh, Fennel Emerald Fennel Fennel. She originally for the role of Oliver wanted Timothy Chalamet. Mm hmm. And then um, Jacob Lordy uh, recommended Barry Keoghan. I thought that was really funny because when I first watched this movie and he popped up on screen, I was like, Jacob Elordi looks like a jacked Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> so it's like if they were playing the, those roles together, be, this would be so distracting. They would look like their brothers or like yeah. cousins. Like, But I might want to see them make out even more. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was just dream. waiting for it. That's the dream that I'll get that one day. But like, oh. And as much as I love the Shalms, like you put him next to Jacob Elordi. Like I was just thinking like Barry Keoghan has something unique about him because he's not like what you would call traditionally good looking. Yeah. But I think he's fucking hot and he looks really good in this movie, even though he's paired up with fucking Jacob Elordi for most of it. It's <laughs> impressive, right? To yeah. look still like, I mean, he he just has, a, I, I think it's also like he has a great body and those eyes. It's like the the eyes are so piercing blue. Like, I mean, when Rosamund Pike is all like, oh, my God, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, I know I would be the same, too. But it's great for him to just like always be this weird little guy. I feel like he's just perfect at that as a as an actor. Barry Keoghan. Yeah, he's he's great because, yeah, like he has a very distinct face and look. He got he kind of he kind of like he looks like a fighter. You know, like mm -hmm. he's got a very like just like strong, sharp face. Um, but yeah, like his eyes are piercing. Very and... emotional, you can tell. Like you just feel like I I just feel like he does everything so well that like he fools the audience into thinking things that like maybe don't make sense, but like maybe we're suspicious of him, but like he does a pretty good job of like convincing you he's one way when really he's fucking sneaky. Yeah. But I think it all just comes down to that fucking dance at the very end. But we'll get uh, there. <laughs> we will. And I don't know if you thought this, but this entire movie, I kept getting the impression that like 
Barry Keoghan was crazy short. Oh, well, I think he is in real life. I just I looked it up. He, he's 5'8". Oh, okay. Well, he's but not like, that short. But like, put I him would... next to Jacob Elordi. What is he, 7'5"? <laughs> yeah. I mean, J- <laughs> Jacob Elordi, just from Euphoria, looks like he's 6'8". Like... I mean, he's around a bunch of little teen bitches, right? I mean, they're not really teens, so like, I'm not trying to say anything. But uh, Oh, and Jacob Elordi is 6'5". So yeah, we're not, exactly. We're not, not that far off. No, but he would make anyone look like a fucking hobbit is the thing. You know what I mean? But God yeah. damn it, is he gorgeous? Like he could be. I don't know why he's not in every Calvin Klein and like fucking ad everywhere. I mean, half of this movie are shots from a montage of him. And he looks like he's in a fragrance ad or like fucking underwear ad. Like he's just so perfect. He... He's also a great actor, though. I do not want to just make it all about his appearance. <laughs> I am not just into his looks. Okay, I think that he's super fucking good looking. You just can't deny it. But he's also an incredible actor. Yeah, he was great. And him and, and Barry Keoghan had great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's weird that they're not both, neither of them are British, but I thought they both pulled off the accent really well. Yeah, yeah. Jacob Lordy is Australian, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Once I learned that, I was like, he's even hotter now. It's like the next Hugh Jackman. I swear he was grown in a lab. It's not even <laughs> kidding. And Hugh Jackman looks like the ape man next to him. I'm just saying Jacob Lordy's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, Barry Keoghan is Irish. So like, mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting, but they both nailed it like accent wise, but their chemistry was great. They had like a brotherly bond, but then you also wanted them to fuck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There was, yeah, there's, there was the friendship that was that was very obvious, but there was also, yeah, like a romantic kind of tension. And you felt it more from Barry, not so much from Jacob, but every once in a while you got like a little feeling from Jacob, you know? Yeah, that's what was so good about it. It was like I, he would do little things like kiss him on the lips or on the face or like grab his little leg or whatever, you know, and you're just like, just take those clothes off, boys. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's where I thought I was going. But that's the thing that's great about this movie is that it's kind of similar, I guess, in The Talented Mr. Ripley, where it's like he kind of becomes so obsessed with him where he wants to be him, but he also like really loves him and wants to mm-hmm. be with him. But like he ends up having to destroy him. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and talk about The Talented Mr. Ripley first. Let's get that out of the way, because it is like similar, but it kind of veers off. Well, and I feel like that's been the th- the one thing I've heard from every review is like, this is the talented Mr. Ripley, you know, 20 years later or something. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't seen the talented Mr. Ripley in a long time. So I didn't remember anything about it. And the first half of the talented Mr. Ripley, I get the comparisons. It's pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> But then, you, but then you have a whole other half of the movie. Well, yeah, Jude Law gets killed. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I thought this was the whole movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I literally I actually don't even know if I've even seen that before this week, because I think I was thinking of a different movie and it, I'm pretty sure they're both in it. And I want to say it is OK. No, maybe they're not. Nope, none of them are in it. So never mind. I was thinking it was Dead Poet Society, but I don't think any of them. That's the movie I was thinking of, and I had seen that, yeah. but I had never seen The Talented Mr. Ripley. I was way off. I was thinking of a movie <laughs> with Robin Williams and Ethan Hawke. Not at all right. <laughs> Use me. I uh, I will take the L on that one. But I had never really actually seen this, I realized, as I was watching this movie. So I was like, what the fuck? He's dead? Yeah. 
Also, the cast is incredible. Oh, my God. People pop up every five minutes in there. And half of that cast is like freaks who don't age. So they look the same now versus 20 years ago. Kate like, Blanchett. Kate I'm Blanchett, looking at you, bitch. Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> Jude Law. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, and the, also the weird thing, Matt Damon looks like a baby in that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this has to be like one of his early movies. No, Goodwill Hunting was two years earlier. And I'm like, yeah. how does he look? crazy young in this compared to rounders and goodwill hunting i was so confused but i wonder if it was like the way he dressed or like the way that he looks like he lost a lot of weight like he he was really small yeah like like the martian small (laughs) i do he was and i thought he was really great in his his character i really liked it and i thought it was like he was honestly a little bit more charming than barry keoghan's character like i feel like I could see how he got in a little bit more with everyone, but they had very similar things where they're like, oh yeah, I love that. I'm super into that. But really like, then it shows them like going back and studying and and, yeah. And like memorizing shit. And I'm like, that's fucking creepy shit. But like, I would say, I think Matt Damon is just too gorgeous to be that weird. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. Barry Keoghan really plays the weird little guy just perfectly. And I don't even say little, like he's small, but like, Compared to Jacob Elordi, he plays a weird little guy perfectly. But yeah. then he's like super, I don't know. There's just this whole thing. I think it really switches for you for this movie because it doesn't go into this whole thing. Like I would say Jacob Elordi's in it a lot more than Jude Law's in. Yeah. Uh, oh, Mr. yeah. Really, right. Yeah. Because, yeah, Jude Law's really only in half the movie. Yeah. Um, I was like, there's an hour left. What <laughs> I the know. fuck is this movie about? So the biggest difference that from those movies to me is one in in Saltburn, you know, it's revealed that that Oliver orchestrated the whole thing. Whereas the talented Mr. Ripley, he was trying to get in, but like we saw him doing the studying. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so and then when like Jude Law dies, that the the biggest thing is I felt like Ripley was was not there wasn't the bad intent. He was just trying to live a better life than what he had. He had that one line about like it's better to be a fake somebody than a real nobody or something. Mm-hmm. And so like the whole thing is he didn't he was never going to kill Jude Law. He accidentally killed Jude Law. And then the second half of the movie is him just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Whereas Oliver set all of this up from the beginning and so, like, Oliver is more evil than Ripley. <laughs> Ripley does evil things, but Oliver is evil. And I and, and Oliver says the line at the end, like, he is a predator. And so I mm-hmm. feel like he acted like a predator with all that stuff. So the difference is survival versus being a predator. I agree. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I feel like the, the talented Mr. Ripley, he just doesn't plan that far ahead until, like, he, he ends up, like, a lot of things end up working out for him pretty well. But he, like fucking plays it fast and loose you yeah. know he's really like fucking loosey-goosey on shit that's the talent is that yeah. everything kind of i was like out. wow how is this working out someone's hacked a cat he's got too many fucking balls in the air it's insane <laughs> um but it is interesting because i think emerald Fennell said that this is a vampire story and i think yeah. it's very like it, it is very much a gothic like kind of an old hammer movie almost vibe mm-hmm. where it's like you know, this creepy vampire coming to this English castle and drinking the blood of a fucking heiress, which he fucking does. Literally. 
just without it and like they literally call he says he's a vampire and he does end up killing like the entire family so yeah it's pretty nuts honestly he's not like ripley where he's like oh i'm just gonna kill when i have to i mean he kills two other people still but like fucking barry keoghan takes out the whole goddamn family even oh. rosamund pike yeah, over over years. <laughs> yeah, he's and then like the thing is, I saw people complaining about the last montage, saying like, so obvious. Why would you show it to us? I'm like, because they they showed us certain parts of it before, but it really just is supposed to show you like the full extent of it. Yeah, and people are like, they should just left it up to our imagination. I'm like, well, fuck off. Then turn the movie off at that point. I don't care. Yeah, right. Yeah, I thought that there's like, there's definitely the vampire thing. But it's also interesting because like as much as Oliver as a villain, like you kind of get it that like it's almost I think it it's different for people in Britain. They've said that like if you're it's kind of getting the class stuff is like getting lost in America because we don't have like royalty or like, you know, fucking castles everywhere. And mm. there's like literally families where it just would pass down from generation to generation. And now they don't have like fucking guards and shit, you know, guarding the place at all times. And they're just decorating it and just fucking living the leisure life so like someone could technically like come in like this and just fucking clean house because yeah. like it's one of those things where like the upper middle class like they're definitely rich there like like you're not rich rich but like you're you're fine you're well off if you're mm -hmm. up upper middle class but it's like they they want more and they want what is unattainable because like it, over there it's like if your family owns a castle that's in your family forever like that doesn't you don't just randomly get you know yeah. loaned a castle at some point or someone left it to you in a will randomly like yeah. it, it's passed down through family so there's no other way to get into that wealth there's yeah. no other way but to like fucking claw your way in and kill everyone and take it for yourself which is yeah. technically what he does but and the family is not like the hero savior people they're all like rich and like totally out of touch and mm -hmm. I mean they're they're hilarious and like Jake like uh, Jacob Bellorty's great because he seems like such a nice guy as Felix but like you could tell, like, Felix just wants to be the savior. Yeah. He wants to be the guy, the nice guy saving this guy and helping him. And, like, literally, it's, like, kind of true what Barry Keoghan says. of like, I just did exactly what I thought you wanted. Yeah. Like, he kind of did. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that's that's one of the things I thought was really well done with this movie is, like, it 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 shows a side of, yeah, like, that wealth gap and, you know, a bunch of the people in the family like they they present themselves as like oh we want to help the people in need and stuff mm -hmm. like you know carrie mulligan's character is so good just like this this fake this fake you know we're helping people thing like one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is when they have dinner um that first time with carrie mulligan and the moment that carrie mulligan says i think i'm gonna go live with my cousin yeah and the way that Rosman Pike and the husband, they just like perk up and they're so excited. They're like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. And like, they have just been saying all this time leading up to it. He's like, oh yeah, we couldn't live without you here. We, we love having you. <laughs> like, She's like, well, I guess I could stay. They're like, oh no, don't do that for us. And then it's like the next day, it's like, where is she? It's like, oh, they, they made her leave in the morning without a fuss. Richard E. Grant plays the father. And I just have to say how much I love him as always. I remember him back in the day. My first introduction to him was the Spice Girls movie. And oh, I've loved him ever since. <laughs> oh gosh. That's but funny. he's really great as the the like dad and like there's just 
the family is like they're all fucking crazy but like it's like they just want play things you know mm -hmm. be like oh that's what it feels like to be normal you know what i mean or to like have like real problems like they can't even fathom it it's almost like an entertaining thing for them you know they yeah have, they just want to help but really it's just like they just want to be they want to gossip they want to fucking do that but then they do end up like just kicking a lot of people to the curb so <laughs> yeah it's like you know, they're they not wanna... super nice yeah, it's like they want to help them as long as it's convenient mm -hmm. for them. <clears throat> I love exactly. I just I laugh so hard. I mean, Rosman Pike is like the funniest fucking person in this movie. Everything she says is just hysterical. But like one of my favorite lines that she has is when uh, when Carrie Mulligan says she's going to live with her sister, she's like, it's like she has a flat. Well, actually, it's it's a what, what does she say? It's a bed, uh, bed sit, a bed sit, which this movie is very fucking British. There's a lot oh, of yeah. like, thank God I watched this with with the wife because she did study she abroad and she did study abroad in in England. And oh, so cool. she like I, I kept turning. I was like, what does that mean? It's like could tell me. What does but it yeah, mean? I had no idea. So a bed sit is is essentially a studio. Like oh, a studio okay. apartment, so a and flat, then a flat is, a... is an apartment. Yeah. Okay. So it, but so Rosman Pike's line of like, it's so freeing to live in one single room. Like, <laughs> I thought She's that so was good. the funniest thing I've ever. <laughs> I just couldn't get over everything that she says in this movie. She's so amazing. But I think my favorite is still when she's talking about how she didn't why she wasn't a lesbian and she's like like i tried women for a while but it was all just too wet for me in the end i was just like i just i really just prefer men they're so lovely and dry and i was just like <laughs> i love you and you're right like she doesn't wait for the punchline and like kind of take her time she just says it so quick you're like what yeah that, that stood was out, amazing <laughs> that stood out so much in this movie is just like the the humor is you know it's, it's obviously different you know, in, in London compared to, you know, here. But like, there's no setup for the joke. It's just, they just say the joke so mm -hmm. quick. And you're like, what did they just say? What? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wow, Americans are so fucking stupid. It was really yeah. what it is. Uh, one of but, my other favorite scenes, like with British stuff is like, and I was going to ask dead rallies when, when Jacob Pilardi says dead rally, dead rally. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> A dead relic? Is that what it is? I don't know. Uh, given the I, tour of the house and he's like yeah talking there's so many british terms that, but i love that whole sequence where he's walking through the house and like blue room green room <laughs> like, uh, this is a long galley <laughs> i didn't pick that i think i was assuming it meant like a dead relative like he was pointing at like pictures uh, that's I what thought i thought it was i had no idea <laughs> <laughs> that i was thinking sense. but i was speaking of the house tour um i I I loved it so much because it I was like this feels like an English version of Cribs, like yeah. He's, it's just like the one take, you know, with him yeah. behind this, 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 and uh, but also it reminded me a lot of um of one of the things that I loved when we talked about The Shining and how mm -hmm. they did a great job of making the the house or the property feel huge. Yes. You're like this. You're there's this long one take just like through the hallways, and it's like this is a mansion. Like this isn't yeah. this isn't just like a big house. This is a castle. Like this is a they whole filmed it thing. at a real fucking castle. It's crazy. Yeah. And fucking Rosamund Pike stayed at the castle while they it, were filming, and I was like, that's so in character for her. Honestly, that's the, 
honestly, <laughs> that's the way you should do it. Is like yeah. just just like shoot on location where there's a castle and just have the whole crew stay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to what you were saying about like people thinking the ending and like the reveal was weak. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem is that people were expecting a reveal. You know, like what? Like if this is advertised as a thriller like thrillers a big part is usually like a big reveal but like i feel like they were telling us pretty much the whole movie that barry keoghan or oliver is the bad guy and yeah and so i mean then, he's not but it's like he is it's like it's oh really he's weird. The, it's he's, like, the, he's the bad he's guy. the ultimate bad guy i would yeah. say compared to everybody else but like I mean, kind of like mad respect, bro. Like he fucking did what he had to do. Respect he, the hustle. I mean, he starts off like all the sex stuff that he does in the very beginning of the movie is like very much like groveling kind of sex. He's like, I'll do whatever you like. I just am doing all this stuff for them. And it's like, then by the end of the movie, he's like fucking dancing naked in the house. Like, <laughs> haha. it is very much. It's like it is like a psychopath's version of like of like the prince and the pauper or something like from going from. Like Aladdin, you know, you go from nothing and you go to something. But it's like because he's upper middle class, I feel like people then don't un think it's about nothing because they're like, oh, well, it's not like the typical all of these movies that have anything to do with like, I feel like it's always the super poor and the super rich. And that's yeah, always. Yeah. It's never really like middle class or like up mm -hmm. there's three divisions of like middle class, which I didn't even realize there's like middle class, lower middle class and upper middle class. Like, can we just fucking have another one? Yeah. Or two more <laughs> if we can't. Like, this is ridiculous. But. Like, it reminded me of that line in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies when she's like, my parents are teachers. And she's like, you are upper middle class. Like, they're <laughs> teachers at college. They're college <laughs> professors. Something. And it's like, because oh, it's like people. And I guess it's like also especially like I would say probably more so in England and places like this where you have families with this ridiculous wealth. But it's like very much the the way of like, you know, these people have something that's completely unattainable. But like if you're really poor for some reason that that might get you more like of a social thing in with these people at a school like that versus like if you're just middle class and boring, mm -hmm. which is really what I think is why Oliver lies about that in the first place, which is a crazy thing to lie about. Yeah. And when he tries, I mean, he just is trying so hard to get Felix to forgive him by the end of the movie. But you're like, if I found a friend of mine fucking lied and said his dad was dead and his parents were drug addicts and all this crazy shit and he lived in a perfectly fine house with normal parents, I would probably call the police. Yeah. I don't I mean, know about I, you, but like... <laughs> oh, yeah. I I feel like that is really the twist of the movie, is that Oliver is lying about everything with who he is. And it, it's like, it's perfect that that has that twist, though, because like you said, people were saying it's like, you know, talented Mr. Ripley, whatever. It's a familiar kind of story if he's from nothing and he's brought into this world of amazing. It's like almost like the get Mr. Like the fucking Gatsby. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? The great yeah. Gatsby. It's like a very familiar kind of story trope. So I feel like flipping it with Oliver being the one who was like manipulating him from the beginning, not just as like a cute little me cute. Like he had mm -hmm. money, he was doing all this stuff, but it's like, it's crazy. It's so crazy, but it like, it, it's such a great, really interesting thing to, to go into. Cause I feel like most people probably see this movie and go, okay, so the rich people are going to be the ones that we're making fun of and they're the bad ones. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's not I guess Emerald Fennell is from like really a lot of family wealth, apparently. Mm -hmm. So people are like, oh, of course, she's criticizing people below her. But it's like 
I don't think it's that. I think it's really just like an interesting way to talk about class in a different way. That's not such a gargantuan like difference between super poor, super rich. It's like there is still a really crazy thing going on with like upper middle class versus the super rich too. That's yeah. all they want to be. It's just they want more stuff. They need they want more. They're never going to be able to attain that. So they always will like do whatever they have to do to try and get close to it. Yeah, it's almost like a it's almost like a, a commentary on on not wealth like it's definitely classism but it's like it's like the difference between wealth and generational wealth exactly you know like there's one thing that there's a bunch of people you know like alleged you know self-made millionaires in the in the u.s and stuff but there's not people that have had 10 generations of wealth that accumulate into castles. That yeah, they are don't just own land. Homes. Like, <laughs> yeah, they don't like like those people. Literally, don't work. They just make live like off of their wealth, which is insane. Or yeah. like they have different properties that they rent out, and that's all they live off of. But they don't need it because they have fucking all the money in the world. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, but that's what's interesting that it is more of like it doesn't. You don't necessarily have to be in it for like the class stuff. It's very much of like today's culture really fits with like influencer shit and you always mm -hmm. are just seeing all this new stuff and things that you feel like you're never going to have because we're always going after this unattainable shit and so it feels like it's very relatable even though the movie supposedly takes place you know 2006 2007 mm -hmm. which i love that yeah. but i do feel like that's one of the things with like this movie is that it's actually pretty applicable to now yeah i that was one thing i didn't really think about it initially I was like, I wonder why this movie takes place in 2007. You know, like, does it need to? And then I think it was the second time I watched it. I was like, oh, this is actually really great because this movie does not mention social media once. Mm -hmm. And that's really refreshing. I don't know. Like, I feel like. Every this, movie has that as a gimmick. I, now. Feel, I feel like this movie is primed for like all of these characters to be social media, you know, influencers, you know, like the parties and, and everything and like the oh, way they, the way yeah. they talk and act like it, it feels like they would just have their phones on them at all time and like go in live or something, which would, which would be really annoying if there's an entire movie of this, but like it felt very isolated because it's just like on this castle. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I really liked that. I agree. I think it's like it's just a really interesting movie just having watched it twice and then like wanting to watch it again already. I'm like, I feel like there's just so many layers to this. Mm -hmm. Whereas people are like, I just am so shocked that people are like, I don't get anything out of it. I think we should get into the sex stuff, though, because I really want to know something. I want to ask you a question. All right, we can do that. But since this is the big conversation, do you want me to tell you some other Britishisms? Oh, please. Yes. This? That would be wonderful. I probably don't understand any of the ones that they were mentioned. And I didn't look any of them up. So perfect. Well, I, luckily, I had Sarah. So I just paused the movie. What does that mean? So first one <laughs> was the flat, the the bed sit. Then um, to, when Farley, they say he nicked something. That means steal. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. Okay. Like, okay. Well, don't judge me. No, I'm just saying I don't think that's a British thing. I think that might be just be an American thing. But maybe uh, I've I've never heard an American say that I nicked something. <laughs> anyway, uh, then 
at the when they're studying and Felix gets kind of annoyed with uh with Oliver. I think it's the cleaning thing. Mm. <clears throat> Felix says, I got some revising to do. They use revising not as like revising a paper. Revising just means studying. Weird. So like yeah, they gotta revise things. That sounds like they're making edits to the book that they're reading. <laughs> I know. But whatever. Um one thing that really confused me when they popped the t the pop tire scene at the beginning and uh, Oliver says that I'm actually in the same college as you. I was like, yeah, no shit. You're on campus. Mm -hmm. I learned. So everyone over there, they call college university. And then there's colleges within the university. Colleges are essentially like your major. So a college is like a building that you go for like your your classes and stuff. So there's colleges within the university. So Jesus you have Christ. you have Just the school, pick a term. You, you have this you have the college of business, you know, college of literature, like kind of that kind of thing. Hmm. The last one that uh that I learned was the very end when he's at the coffee shop and runs into Rosman Pike, the person says uh a flat white coffee. I was like, what's a flat white coffee apparently that's like a coffee that's in between a espresso and a latte yeah that's not um, that's not british is it i never heard of a flat white in my Look life on the starbucks menu they sell it dude i drink like the gas station coffee okay all oh, right well that makes sense that is that's about your uh that's as classy as it gets for you coffee wise i guess regular exclusive blend <laughs> all right let's talk about the sex Yes, because I think that's like what everybody is like. That's top of mind for everybody. I think because it's just so bizarre that there's like, I mean, you just don't get a lot of bizarre sex scenes. I think it like all the time. And this movie like crams them in here goes with multiple. So are you saying sex scenes or sexual scenes? Sexual scenes. I mean, okay. granted, there's <laughs> no like straight up penetration i guess but there's a lot of sex there's a lot of on. sexual things happen like the bathtub that's definitely let's, sexual that's, yeah let's talk about the bathtub that... because i kind of agree that it is disrespectful to not drink that bath water after jacob lordy <laughs> just masturbated in it i'm you just got, saying you got, you got his cum you got his sweat yeah got, it's a perfect you, mix you know bathtubs are just as uh schmidt from new girl says medieval filth culture and so there's just all the fluids are you telling me you weren't turned on like crazy when he was jerking off in that bathtub i plead the fifth exactly everybody would because <laughs> it's true <laughs> i would probably be like dude you're jacked like let me see your technique you know maybe <laughs> i can learn from you <laughs> i love that let me just watch. I'm taking notes out here. Don't worry. It's nothing creepy. But yeah, so, I mean, that was, a, I feel like that scene, like I've seen a lot worse having been through horror movies for a long time that you get used to shit. You know, I feel like as horror fans are pretty phased. The yes. slurp is what got me. Okay. Yeah. The bathtub I put in my notes, this is like a top 10 most, it's not like, it's, it's like an uh, unsettling. Like I was uncomfortable top 10 mm -hmm. uncomfortable scene because um, it's like it's the tongue it's the breathing it's the slurping it's him putting his tongue down the drain yeah that really bothered me i'm like god you're just like rim jobbing this this bathtub right now and oh it was it was so upsetting <laughs> <laughs> i mean like it was but then i was also like i kind of get it though like after watching that i might do the same fucking thing i don't know 
<laughs> like Set- it's kind of, I feel like I saw that on Reddit. People were like, I feel like if Jacob Bellardi masturbates in a tub, it's like incredibly disrespectful to not drink that. <laughs> like you just do it without asking. You guys better not clean that tub, okay? Don't touch it. No. It's like I mean, a cast just... iron, like a cast iron pan. We gotta <laughs> let it season. <laughs> Ew. I mean, honestly, I think it was also too like the cloudiness of the water didn't help. Yeah. And it but it's also like you're thinking about it, you're like, okay, it's probably not just straight up cum, right? It's just <laughs> mostly water at that point, but like still. It, it's just the slurping noise that got me. And that was what made me go, like, okay, <laughs> let's move on. And I just was like kind of surprised by how long they kind of lingered in it. Yes. But then I realized that that was like a common thread because I felt that all the uncomfortable or like kind of what people would say, like, oh, my God, so out there crazy. I wouldn't say they're that crazy, but like they're definitely like, like you said, kind of upsetting, but not yeah. like, I don't know. I guess I'm curious for because for me, the bathwater one was not great, but it wasn't that bad. I think the period one is worse. Yeah, the period one is is way worse, which right? I was shocked. I was like, I did not think that they would be able to top the bath water. <laughs> I agree. And it was very soon after that. And I yeah. was just like, so she says that she's on the, like, it's her time of the month. And he's like, well, good thing I'm a fucking vampire or whatever. No. Which is he, like, doesn't he say that? Or is that, oh, he like, says, he said, he's like, he says that at the end. She, she says, like, it's not the right time of the month. And he's like, do you think I'm worried about that? And yeah, then, like, and he like, starts Ugh. going. And then she's like, she's like weirded out by it, but also like, you're a freak. On. And I'm, where do we go from here? And then he says that line is like, luckily I'm a vampire. And then that's when he puts his finger in his mouth with the blood on it. And, and then in her uh, mouth, and then there's blood. They're making out in the blood between them. Oh, God. It's dark, and it's still too bright. It's really dark, and it's too bright. And then he goes downtown yeah. to eat brown. And I just have to say, thank God they didn't linger on that. But, like, the fact that, like, he goes to him in the bathtub with, like, the fucking Joker makeup yeah. on his face. I was just like, wow. <laughs> that's what i'm talking about when i mean like the groveling kind of sex stuff that he does at the beginning of this movie like let me drink your cum and like your period blood that so, just feels like i'm just trying to take anything i can get from these people it's so, like weird so here's the thing i would not think of that as groveling when i watch that that goes back to what i was saying i think it's very predatory like he is consuming these people mm. you know in in whatever way and then uh the monologue later about him being a moth kind of plays into that as well but like i felt like like no one was watching him do the 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 bathtub thing that was him like that was his that was just like this primal thing that he's like i i need to consume this this person like i have to devour them and then he like literally just drinks blood uh side note do you uh do you know um the slang term for going down on a girl on her period. Have you ever heard any of these? Is it a Bloody Mary? <laughs> no, but that's a good one. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of. And I was like, that's going to ruin them for me. That's like one of my favorite drinks. What? No. What is it? So I, I got I got three from Urban Dictionary. Uh, this is like that much of a thing. People like, I mean, I just oh, feel yeah. like if somebody did that, I would never talk to them again if they tried to put my period blood in my mouth. So the, the first one I saw was um, Clown Face. You know, I mean, that's what I thought. The Joker, it yeah. looks very much like it. Uh, then there's the vampire special. Mm, yeah. The most known one, though, um, and actually Sarah taught me this, uh, not through experience. Uh, I was going to say, t- really? Huh? <laughs> okay. 
No, it's called uh you get it's earning your your red wings. Oh my god, wow. <laughs> earning it. Oh I mean, boy. Yeah, you, you gotta earn it. But yeah. yeah, also one of the top ten most gross things I've ever seen in a movie. That brings me to a thought that I had, and you kind of mentioned it. This movie has a lot of elements in it that are straight out of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But this movie is not a horror movie. But like the grotesqueness of the bathtub scene and the period, like it's like this is shit you would see in a horror movie. It's That's like what I'm in, saying, like in Cabin Fever when he's like going to oh. to finger the girl, and then it's actually the, the infected viral wound. Don't remind <laughs> me, Jace. I just watched that movie like a few weeks ago, and I really I that. That scene came screaming back to me because that traumatized me like so long ago. I can't even remember. I was like 15 when I first saw that and it traumatized <laughs> me. I was like, I didn't even know that that was a thing that could fucking happen. So I was like, that is so fucking gross. And then this movie was like, what if it was like that, but worse? And for like five minutes straight. Yeah. <laughs> and I just was like, wow. I mean, good for you, girl. If like somebody's willing to do that. But like, Jesus, fuck. I can't think of anything that I would rather do less. Maybe like fucking pet a spider maybe i would i i still i think i'd do that first before yeah. i do that that just feels too I, vampires are cool but i've never seen a vampire do that shit <laughs> just saying they go through the neck right take it from there that's better well and speaking of this scene i just wanted to say um the actress who plays uh is it valencina her name is her name valencia her name is uh allison oliver this is her acting debut. Mm. And I hope she gets a nomination for Best Supporting Actress because that bathtub monologue after they find Felix's body is just incredible. I agree. I thought that was so good. Like, she is so good in that. I mean, she's great also when, you know, during the whole blood sex thing, but because she's like got, like her face is is just really good like she's got this look of like what are you doing this mm -hmm. is weird kind of into it but it's wrong this is taboo like she just communicates so well with her face and the monologue yeah the bathtub where she's like you're not a spider you're a moth like he's she's wrong though so she's good. so good but she is wrong in that he's not fucking harmless like we find out he is very much a fucking spider but he is yeah. attracted to light like a moth he's like a spider moth Oh, there you go. Oh, that's go. what he really is. Because he does. I mean, I would say outside of the not harmless thing, everything else that she said was like fucking spot on. Well, and I she's... love the way that she delivers that monologue. And even the scene before that, when she's like pouring the wine and oh, she's God. like crying and like, it's just like so fucked. Well, no, she she is right about him being a moth because like people protect their nice clothes and stuff from moths because moths will just eat it, you know, from ah. the inside out. You're right. And... All right. Well, she, I, I just got hung up on the harmless, but you're right, Jace. <laughs> but yet, like, she was so good. And I, I also love that scene because, you know, people talk about how, like, there's no reveal, there's no reveal, like, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like that scene is kind of the reveal, not in that it reveals anything, but it's the moment where the character catches up with the audience to seeing Oliver for what he really is. Like, finally, these oblivious rich idiots one of them realizes and like felix Paul, did too well yeah well well yeah felix caught him but then died 
Yeah. You know, but, but he like, did get to react and like I liked his reaction because he was yes. like, there's no coming back from this. And I liked her thing, which is not that like she knew that he faked this, all this shit. It was more of like, I saw how sad you were, but you've yeah. only known him for like three months. Yeah. So like, what the fuck was that? Like, she just caught on to everything. Yeah. And I'm just like, I love that. Like, finally, she was able to see, too, because like, yeah, he really just didn't have a lot of opposition in this family besides Farley, I guess, which I don't know if you have. I just have watched like two other movies and I just saw Farley in both of them and was like blown. My mind was blown. But he's like Simon in Midsommar, the oh, guy yeah. who ends up with his like lungs out <laughs> and all that shit. I did not realize yeah. that. And then he's also in Bo is Afraid at the very beginning. So I was like, he just must be like an Ari Aster oh, guy. But I was he... like, I've never seen him in anything. I thought that this was the first Assault Burn. And then I just watched two Ari Aster movies and he's in <laughs> both of them. And I was like, what? He is so good in this because, like, so good. the whole time, I'm like, you're you're such a dick. <laughs> like, he's so good, <laughs> he's such a dick. But then it's weird because then then you get to that couch scene where they have that little conversation. You're yeah. like, I kind of feel like they're gonna fuck. Yeah, they kind of do. Obviously yeah. not fully, but like Barry Keoghan's like, let let's go for three, and <laughs> he goes in his bed and jerks him off. I'm just like, this guy's hitting. I was like, who's when's he gonna get to the dad and the mom? Are they next? Like, <laughs> yeah. I thought he was just making his way through the rooms. <laughs> Has he already hit Duncan? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, Duncan. That was one of my favorite bits in the entire movie is Duncan hating him. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> Oliver always doing something to piss Duncan off. <laughs> like, when he's playing with the with the maze thing, mm -hmm. he's like, is there anything I can help you with? <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. But it's also, like, it's great because... Then by the end, you're just like, okay, well, Duncan could just see through it all is really what it was. Maybe, oh, maybe doing maybe. from the beginning is what I thought. But also, I love it because I was just thinking, particularly the scene with the eggs, like the first breakfast mm -hmm. and how he like sends them back. But it's like he asked for his eggs over easy. And I don't know if you're that versed on what over easy eggs are, but they have runny yolk. Yep. And then he sends them back for runny yolk because he said it hurts his stomach. So I felt like at the time, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Maybe that means something different in fucking England. But I thought I, he said was, fried egg. No, that's still fried, but it's just oh. over, like over easy just means it's not cooked as much. Yeah. It's still fried, but it's just got a runny yolk. So then he sends it back because the yolk is runny. And I just thought that was like a power move to kind of do that to him. Oh. But at the time, it comes across like he's just like, oh, shit. Now he's going to hate me even more. Yeah. I didn't mean to be specific, but like, yeah. ever, you know, too picky. But I think it was more like a power move, like that's, after watching it the second time. That's interesting. I don't, I think the way that I was it, thinking along those lines is, I think I was really focused on like the classism part of it. And it's like, even, even the, even the help, like, was like, you don't belong here kind of thing. Yeah, Which, I, I don't know, but that's kind of how where my head was at as, as to like why he hated him. It's like you're not a part of this, so I don't mm -hmm. I don't have to respect you, kind of thing. Yeah, you're like I have so to, I don't <laughs> I I have to wait on you. I have to serve you, but I don't have to like you. Exactly. But um, so you know, let's talk about the ending. Yeah, let's talk about the ending. I mean, first off, uh, the the party scene. 
I thought it was hilarious that this party was happening and like the parents were just like they were like the chauffeurs, like the greeters at the front. It's like this yeah. crazy drug fueled party. Parents are just like, cool. I love the dad's like, I can wear my suit of armor. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. Brilliant idea. <laughs> I love that. Everything about it is pretty great. And I also love like it's Oliver's party, but like he has nobody because at that mm. point is when like fucking uh, Felix had just driven him and as a surprise to go see his parents because his mom had called. And it's like, it almost seems like a bit aggressive for him to do that, but it also seems like, you know, he's just trying to be there for his friend. Yeah. So I don't think Felix had bad intentions by doing that. But then when they show up and like his parents are there, I just think fucking Jacob Lordy's acting in that scene is incredible. And like the whole thing when they're like, he's like, oh, no, I've always talked about how I have like all multiple sisters. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just must have forgotten. Right. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, he's so busy. He does yeah. so much. Right. It's like he's just so channeling his anger into being like, a, oh, yeah, OK, great. I'm like barely holding it in. Yeah. So good. And then the fact that like he's at the party now and Barry Keoghan has nobody. It's like the loneliest huge party for you. Like it's so sad weirdly, mm -hmm. but like I mean, he totally fucking deserves it at this point. Right. And, and Barry Keoghan is brilliant in the going to the parents house scene because like you just you see the dread in his face. That's why I was like something time. bad's going to happen. <laughs> and then like and then like he gets to the door and then you're like, wait, he lives in a in a nice house. Wait, the parents are drunk. His father's out back. His father? I thought his father died. <laughs> like I was like, dude, I would not be able to sit there and pretend like all this was fine. You know, I would just have to leave. I would have to get yeah. out of there. And then I love that he doesn't even talk to him the whole way back. And he's like, No, we're fucking done, man. This is weird. Yeah. Like it's creepy. And I love that he tells them that like he makes his skin crawl or whatever. Yeah. And it makes him yeah. go cold. Yeah, and then the party and like no one knows his name when he actually like, they're singing birthday. <laughs> I forgot his fucking name. Who is this guy? God, I'll tell that's you, I'll, so depressing. I'll tell you what though, his 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 outfit at the party with the horns, oh, perfect. That, that is gonna be a, a a lot of people's Halloween costume this year. Like that that's a look. Incredible, almost as good as Jacob Lordy with the like fucking wife beater t shirt. <laughs> And the the gold dust the gold angel wings he was gorgeous yeah <laughs> I loved that and I was so sad when all when he died but did you suspect it was Oliver right away I did I think I was guessing that it was Oliver just like all the weird shit he had done up to this point I'm like this, there's no way this is the there's no way this is the good guy like yeah. There's, there's some, a coincidence. There's once you find out happened. about that. Yeah. Yeah. When the fa once you find out about the whole fake thing about the family, like you could try and explain that a million different ways from Sunday. But I don't think there's one that makes that comes across with you being a normal fucking human being like that yeah. is some serious, crazy shit that you're doing. And if you are doing like making up all that shit, it just goes to show like if you would lie about something that like and he lies about it, like he fake cries, he makes up all this shit. He has all these stories and stuff that he tells. Yeah. Like he really goes so hard on this lie that it's yeah. like, I automatically don't believe anything this man's ever told me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're automatically out. Yeah. And yeah, like, that was the thing about the reveal is like, if he's going to lie about his entire like origin story, then like what else everything, is he lying? then everything yeah. is a lie. And then we learn everything is a lie. So it's almost like the movie kind of guides you to believing that, 
he lied about everything. And then it shows you that he lied about everything. I think that's and, why people were like, it's too redundant. But it's like, you know what? Apparently people are you. Most of you guys didn't even get that this is like what the movie's really about. So yeah. I feel like it's not that obvious. You're just stupid. And also <laughs> maybe it's shallow because like it's kind of supposed to be shallow. Like mm -hmm. the rich people are all really shallow. So like they're not the best people, but that's what's great about it. It was like there can still be things like that. Like we both talked about how we love the fall of the House of Usher. Yeah. That is with wealthy, spoiled, rich people. They're not all the worst people, but like most of them are. Yeah. And it was like you still feel for those characters, but like you know that they're terrible. I mean, I yeah. imagine that's why people were obsessed with Succession or like Game of Thrones, right? Like I know yeah. you always love the guys who aren't the gray characters like we don't necessarily want them to just be the perfect good guys. And I like that this movie just has so everyone's a great character, except for I would say Barry Keoghan is like pure black. Yeah, he's he's, he's not gray at he's all. Pretty, pretty evil. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, the the final thing where like he kills Rosman Pike, I was fully prepared for like I thought he was going to fuck her. Oh, I thought he was doing like, that, too. He, he pulled the sheet like he pulled the girl's dress. I was like, yeah. no, th this this is too far. You can fuck a grave, but like and we didn't even mention that <laughs> he fucked a grave earlier and cried the whole time. It was and, crazy. And the best part is when I was writing or when I was writing my notes watching it, I was like, I more than anything, I want to see the crew filming this. Scene. Yeah. And then I read the some of the trivia that was improv. Yeah, he he said that that he, was something that he would do. I was like, like he he requested a close set. He just wanted to he wanted to just feel it out, and so like the the camera's just rolling, and he just gets up and takes his shirt off, and he gets up and takes his pants off, and then he just sticks his dick the in the dirt. dirt. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know you could do that. Um, that was pretty nuts, and I was also just like. I mean, I guess at this point, that was still not very shocking. Like, that was the tip of the iceberg as far as some weird sex stuff. That was actually pretty normal. I mean, he didn't reach all the... It's not like he, you know, dug him out and fucked his corpse, which is kind of what we thought we were going to see at the end. I did not expect that that would... Because they, they start this movie where he's, like, talking to someone. Yeah. And it's, like, a telling a story. So I was like, who the fuck is he talking to? I was like, I didn't even think about that. But then when it got back to the end, I was like, oh... And then when you see it's her, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I was like, man, I didn't feel like she really deserved it. But also, like, I mean, they're all just rich assholes. And, like, kind of cool for him that he fucking, I mean, he still has a great family life. But, like, he fucking made his way on his own to get a castle. Like, not everybody can say that. Very true. Not like and it's that... a great method or anybody should take fucking notes. But, like, it <laughs> is pretty like, I love the last scene of him dancing to murder on the dance floor, which apparently is now, like, number one on the charts and it's funny because everyone's like this is like the running up that hill like yeah yeah back to the charts this yeah. song is like from like 2002 or something though yeah this is yeah it's, a, it's an older song that yeah that final scene it's it's just great i mean first off my first thought was how many takes did they do with this because it's one long take <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and he said he was more nervous about dancing than he was about being nude and i was uh, like I mean, I, they they he, insinuate that he has a big dick. And so I feel like maybe that's why it's just like, like, I'll get naked all the time. Yeah, let me fuck a grave. My dick can almost reach, you know, down to the <laughs> coffin. Like, I feel like he might just be comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. When that scene first 
started and then you you get the first glimpse of his dick mm-hmm. i thought about the uh the when they were out in the fields i just thought good for you yeah <laughs> like, good for you barry keogan like, damn it you're a five eight man that's packing good for yeah. you <laughs> and that's like soft right we didn't even see it fully erect so who knows <laughs> he could be a grower and a shower we don't even know <laughs> <laughs> he probably had the heat on in there, you know, so yeah. everything was just loose. But I'm just like, I'm so impressed that he came across as so fucking sexy and so insane at the same time, but like so goddamn sexy in a movie with Jacob Elordi being the most sexually appealing he's ever been. Yeah, that that's a real challenge. That's, that's worth best off. actor, I would think. But <laughs> obviously, I think at this point now, it looks like it's going to be Paul Giamatti sweeping everything. So like. I don't even know if Barry Keoghan's going to get nominated, but like I am really happy to see him leading role and like doing this full character and like mm-hmm. doing a lot than just being like the weird guy. He's still weird, but like he does so much. He's so incredible. I want to see him star in a million more movies. Well, and he he if he was nominated for supporting actor last year for Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Um <laughs> Yeah. I thought he was good in that. I mean, I thought that movie was good. I wasn't crazy about that movie. But if he was nominated for that, this is this is a much more intense performance. That Agreed. I think, like, yeah, he should he should get a nom. Um, he should. It's just a stacked group this year. But I would love to see that because he's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would love to see the rest of the cast. But, like, maybe Rosamund Pike could get a nom. But I don't know. She's yeah. just, like, for supporting. But... I mean, the I, two that I, I want is him and him and Allison Oliver. Or, yeah. No, that, yeah, that's her. Okay. And she played Venetia. Yeah, yeah. Carrie Mulligan, by the way, I just have to say her character's full name was Poor Dear Pamela. And I just <laughs> love that. And like they I think they offered her a different role originally, like a bigger I, one. And she wanted to play that. Yeah, I saw that on the trivia. And I'm like, the only other role that she could have been was the mother. That's what I was thinking. Or like maybe, I don't know. The maid. I'm just kidding. Maybe, I don't maybe, know. maybe, maybe she was like, uh, "I could be the pervy stalker professor at the beginning of the movie." Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I love I that like scene it. so much when he's like, "Oh yeah, I knew your mother." He's like, "Oh, all you you knew." Yeah, I'll tell like, her. Well, I we didn't like know each other, but like I knew her. <laughs> like, from don't afar. say anything. <laughs> yeah, don't maybe, tell her. Maybe just don't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> <like>, so good. <laughs> but yeah, I, basically, I want... this movie's just great. It is, and I wanted to, I wanted to to share some of uh some of some of uh, the wife's thoughts on that final scene because she loved that scene really I mean, for multiple reasons. Like she's like, because I had just watched it, and then she came home from work and she's like, "Do you want to watch it?" And I was like, "I just watched." It. She's like, "Can we watch that final scene of him dancing?" I was like, "Do you just want to see that dick?" And she's like, "Kinda," but also like, "I love that scene." And she explained it. She's like, "She loved it because." First off, he has so much confidence, just like him, just prancing his way through this mansion and like the confidence that he exudes in it, you know, being naked for that long in a long one take, all that stuff. But then also she she loved that, like his dancing wasn't like it wasn't masculine, like it was very like almost like pure and innocent, like joyous. And I was like, oh, it's good. Totally. Take. And, That's a really good take and a very and, good point, actually, because it's like he is finally fully able to just like he's done it. He's not fooling yeah. anyone anymore. It's like we're seeing the bad guy who wins. We're seeing him celebrate winning. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, it's like you, you don't get that very often in movies. No. And it's like this is this is how a bad guy would sell. Like this is how Lex Luthor Luther would celebrate if he killed Superman. Like Who wouldn't that's exactly <laughs> what I would do. Yeah, though he'd have his head put up on a pike outside the house, probably. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's but yeah. it's just great. I mean, this great movie, movie movie's a weird one, but it, it's a great one, and it, I think it's the right way to start the year off. Well, I hope you all enjoyed uh, us talking about Saltburn. I hope you got the taste of bathtub out of your mouth. You mean or... back into your mouth? Yeah, you never get rid of that. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to. You savor that shit. <laughs> well, that was uh, that was a good way to start January. Um, this month, we're essentially that we all need a little pick me up, you know, to start the year. So we're really just going into the comedies for this. Yeah. Leaning into comedy to get us through the fucking first <laughs> month of, of the year, basically. We're going to laugh our way through, either like crazy laughing, but hey, we're still laughing. Okay. Got to cope somehow. Yeah. But next week, we're talking about a movie that I had the pleasure of watching on an airplane, which is one of my favorite Ooh. times to watch movies. And I was laughing my ass off. And... Sarah had to slap me a couple times to get me to shut up so that people around us were not getting mad at me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like pretty high praise, days. Yeah. We're talking about Theater Camp on Hulu. And the way that I pitched this to Renee said it's a mockumentary about theater kids. And then you said it's making fun of theater kids. And yeah. that was important to me <laughs> because I hate theater kids. And I really don't want them to be the heroes of anything. <laughs> I only really liked the music. I hate the characters, the fucking all of that shit. I really am not a big fan of musicals in general, but like theater kids, you know, they just got that really annoying fucking energy. Well, that's because in high school, we knew a fair amount of theater kids. Everybody fucking hates the theater kids. Don't tell me. That's why there's a fucking movie making fun of them. And I can't wait to see it. I feel like it might be my new favorite movie. It's, yeah, I am very excited for you to watch it. It's a blast. Uh, yeah, it's on Hulu. Everyone should watch it. Honestly, that really, the movies that we're talking about this month are, I think, in like my top five of comedies last year. I know that's usually cool. not really a very high bar because comedies are in this weird spot. You know, for the last couple of years, the, the this movie crushes it. It's so good. It's so funny. Will Ferrell is one of the producers, so Perfect. everyone should watch it. Cool. I'm excited to have a couple movies in a row that like I have not seen yet. So this is refreshing for me. This is a good way to start the new year doing something different. There we go. Well, go ahead and watch that on Hulu, and then we'll see you next time on the regular exclusive podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We out here.